With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to episode three of the Dynasty Dad podcast. I am excited today because we have a segment that's brand new to us. We're going to be doing something called, you know, we formed a group about three months ago called Smash Accept. And I've picked some of the guys that really are super active on Twitter, guys that are always answering trade questions, always retweeting things. And just when I, when I want trade advice, I talk to these guys. So I'm going to introduce them and we're going to jump right into it here because I'm excited for this show. Uh, the first guy we have is a lead Dynasty writer at Fantrax editor-in-chief at Dynasty Trade Calculator, the co-host of the Fantasy Football Podcast. This guy's welcome to the show, Mung, and you can find him at FFA underscore Mung. How you doing? Good. Uh, good to be here. Just uh, talking some Dynasty trades in quarantine. Uh, thanks for having me on. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, we have our little Twitter group that we talk a lot of trades on. So uh, I think it'll be some good uh, back and forth. I know we'll agree a lot on some trades and maybe we'll disagree a lot on some others. Exactly. It's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, next person we have one of the most active Twitter handles out there. You know, he's always retweeting things, trade offers and giving his advice, uh, incredible positive influence and personality. And that's John. And he, you can find him at dynasty underscore trades. How you doing tonight, John? Hey, doing great. And thanks so much for having me, Mike. These are some of my uh, favorite people to interact with, like you said, and, and we're probably responding to hundreds, who knows, maybe over a thousand trades on Twitter. And so, yeah, we know it pretty well. And uh, yeah, love, like you said, love being a part of this community. And so happy to help any anyone out there with, with the trades. Love it. Love it. And then the last person we have on here is, you know, he's a, a fiery dynasty mind. Um, he's never met a dynasty trade he couldn't take on, you know, and he, I met him first, obviously, in our dynasty refinery listener league and the, his draft mentality really kind of blew my mind. And that's CJ. And you can find him at Ivid for you. How you doing tonight? Good, good. Glad to be here. Yeah, like like they said, um, that had talked some trades. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure we're going to disagree on some of these. <laughs> well, before we jump into the trades here, and that's what we're all excited to do, why don't we go around the table here real quick and just let people know how you guys got into fantasy football, how that translated into dynasty, and your dynasty mentality on trades. You know, as we go, so let's go back in reverse order. Let's start with you, CJ. You know, run us through how long you've been playing fantasy, when you switched over to dynasty, and what your trade philosophy is. So I started redraft, let's see, about nine years ago. My dad got me into it. Um, did that for five, six years, took a break. And then I actually just started up again last year, um, and that was Dynasty. As far as trade philosophy goes, everybody's on the board always. Everybody can be moved to the right price. I uh, used to be more so looking for young guys, but at least now it seems like it's kind of transitioning more to some of the older vets having the value. 
Right. It, it's really transitioned. I mean, I feel like I really got going in Dynasty in 2014, 2015. And you know, right now, those veterans are so cheap. I mean, everybody's it, by the time you get to 27, you're pretty much dead to people and then you can buy those guys on the cheap. So that's a that's a good mentality. John, what about you? Yeah, I, I've been playing fantasy for about 20 years now. In fact, I'm the commissioner of a, a league. This is our 20th year. I've been doing Dynasty for about the last five and really kind of jumped into the fantasy Twitter community over the last year or so. And, uh, you know, again, like I said, I've, I've weighed in probably on over a thousand trades on Twitter. I'm probably in about a dozen leagues. Like, like you said earlier, stay very active. like to have a lot of fun, pretty successful with it. You know, my view on trades right now, I think that the active owners are going to prosper this year. I mean, Mike, I've heard you talk about it. And uh, it's actually why I got my, my more cowbell shirt on. Um, we need more trades. We got a, got fever. a fever. Yeah. <laughs> Only prescription, more trades. And, and, and that's, I, I really do believe that though. I think first and foremost, you got to figure out your strategy for each of your teams. Are you competing, rebuilding? I'm typically competing in, in just about every league, although I did decide, you know, a, a couple of first year punts in startups, um, I think could make a little bit of sense right now. But, you know, I, I would just encourage you guys, be, be very active. Take advantage of injury news, uh, COVID news, not only on your team, but with the other owners. And the thing that I'm, I'm also adjusting to uh, in, in terms of staying active is building depth. I, I think that we're going to need more depth than ever with the upcoming season. I, I know I'm stating the obvious there, but I'd be making trades and waiver wire moves well more than you might be used to just to just to kind of keep an active com competitive roster going. Yeah, we know absolutely. it's going to be carnage out there, uh, you know, particularly at running back. Um, for me, I'm really trying to get in some throw in players and trades and really hit, give myself all kinds of options at running back. Uh, you know, you think about the lack of preseason, lack of conditioning, COVID. I think it's going to be a wild ride. And so. Um, that's the other one. Um, maybe the last thing I would say, Mike, uh, that I'm I'm trying to do on trades right now is uh, I'm not discounting 2021 picks. I, I keep that seeing people mind. ask about it's this on Twitter, like yeah, because of college football. And look, I get it, but guys, in my opinion, don't discount your 2021 picks. This is probably the worst time to do that. They're only going to gain value. And look, I get college football season could be impacted here, but it's about to be a crazy talented class coming in. So that's the other thing is I'm trying to pick up 21 picks right, right now too. It's always, I mean, the, the only thing that doesn't depreciate in value is the picks. And I feel like right now is not the time to trade those 21 first. You know, we yeah, all want to build that right sex. We want that sexy roster right now, but that sexy roster does not win you any games in August. You know, you trade a first for, I mean, I love Robert Wood, so I don't want to say he gets hurt, but you trade a first for him right now and he gets hurt right off the bat. You know, you want those 21 picks for when you're, you know, if you're in contention to win it, you push them then. But we're not trying to give those up now. And I'm seeing some really bad offers, you know. So hopefully some of them that go over here will be able to help. And, Mung, why don't you, you know, do the same thing, fantasy football into dynasty and, and what you're doing now. Yeah, real quick, uh, before I get into what I'm doing, kind of just going off what you guys said, uh, particularly 2021 seconds, um, there's going to be a lot of good players that we're not going to see play this college season. Um, even if some of the conferences move to the spring, you know, we're getting so close to the NFL draft at that point that th these players are going to opt out. So 
I think a lot of good players are going to slide to the second round of rookie drafts just because people either forget about them um, or, you know, we see other players kind of take their place and really rise up. So I think more than ever, even, you know, beyond 2021 first, the, those second and third round picks, there's going to be some good talent pushed down. Yeah, that's um, always good mentality is, is and I, there's a lot of people that are asking questions and I'm like, get 22 first, get 21 seconds. It's always harder to buy those first right off the bat and you got to pay through the teeth. But sometimes people are willing to give you those 22 first if you're patient or those 21 seconds because they don't value them the same way. And we saw this year, I mean, look at the second round in, in your rookie drafts this year. I mean, it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we can talk more about it later, but I just got A.J. Dillon at the 212 in a Superflex League, and I thought that was a steal. So you never know who's going to be there in the late second, early third. Um, just guys like that that kind of get forgotten. But uh, for me, I started playing uh, Redraft um, right out of college. Uh, I played for years and years, but uh, I really only got into Dynasty maybe six, seven years ago. Um, I got really involved when I started my own home Dynasty League, and I was kind of too... Uh, reconnect or stay in touch with some college buddies and some other friend groups and, you know, kind of try and merge them. Um, and then since then, uh, you know, I've started writing. Uh, I started off, um, I've written for a lot of different sites, but uh, currently at Fantrax, I uh, do a ton of Dynasty stuff there. Um, if you guys are interested, I just updated my rankings today for a lot of the recent news that happened. Um, what was your other question, Mike? I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I think you nailed it more like your dynasty trade mentality, you know, how, how you like to make trades. Right. Um, I think, you know, the only bad offer is uh, the one that you don't make. Uh, I see a ton of trades go through that. I'm like, you sold this guy for that. Like you serious right now. And I'm like, man, why didn't I make him an offer? Um, you know, and that's not to say you should lowball or start with terrible offers either. Um, don't burn those bridges, but, uh, you know, uh, like John said, especially this year, uh, the owners that are super active are the ones that are going to probably do better. Um, and then in general, I, I know it's not realistic to always be contending, um, but really that's my mindset is to try to win every year. And even in a couple leagues where I started a rebuild last year, um, I, ac I accidentally made some trades that actually put me in contention this year. Uh, but I think 2020 more than ever, you know, even if you don't think you're in contention, uh, play out this season. Uh, take a shot because guys like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, I, I know teams that have both of them. And it's like, how are you going to beat these stacked teams? But if one or both get COVID or put on IR in week 12, week 13, uh, that's it. They're out of the fantasy playoffs. Uh, if you've got guys like Carlos Hyde, Latavius Murray, and they step up, you know, you never know, um, particularly in 2020. Uh, if you make the playoffs, uh, you don't know what's going to happen. That could change things a lot. You know, one I just did my um, the, our last episode of Dynasty Dad was on rebuilding, and I always say that you want to be in that top three or that bottom three. You know, and, and you don't want to find yourself in the middle. But those four, five, six teams, you you might have a shot this year because of COVID. You know, you never know what stud running back is going to get it and have to sit out those three weeks. I mean, imagine. Ezekiel Elliott gets it week fourteen. You know, he has to sit out sit out week fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. I mean, your teams are are. You know, you're you're in a bad spot right there. But yeah, great introduction on all you guys. You know, we put it out there on Twitter for you guys to give us our polls, you know, and 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 check things out. We had over 30 trades. We're going to try to get to 10 or 11 of them here, see what, what kind of time we have. Uh, but let's just jump right into them. You guys ready? Yeah. That's all right. right. We'll just yep. do it. Basically, I'm going to bring them up and then I'm going to let you guys, you know, I'm jump right in and let's let's assess the trades you know and we don't all have to necessarily get in if we agree but let's kind of let's, let's hit it right head on 
Uh, first one we have is sent in by at dynasty underscore King one. He has a one quarterback PPR league and he has Joe Mixon or the 2021 101 now, or, or sorry, Joe Mixon and the 2021 101 or Saquon Barkley. Now I asked him, I said, well, how do you know it's the 101? He said, it's the worst team. You know, we all know that type of scenario where you never know if the 101 really is the 101 because that guy makes some moves. What do you guys think of this trade? Right, because oh, if you say one. it's Trevor Lawrence, it's a different game, or or not Trevor Lawrence, but in this situation, yep. you know, let's let's say you know it's Travis, Travis Etienne. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's say it's Travis Etienne. Put a Mix name in to it. Etienne for Barkley. That, yeah, that changes it a little bit. But if that falls, so what do you guys think? Mm -hmm. Well, here's what I'll say. Um, I, I don't think that it's a lock to be the 101 because after you replied right. to him, he sent in. Uh, you know, he posted that team's roster. And uh, the roster is Daniel Jones, Cam Akers, Damian Harris, Marquise Brown, Michael Hardman, Deontay Johnson, Mike Kosicki, uh, Jalen Rager. I mean, there's some high That's upside some, guys they, here. Exactly. They um, could hit. Yeah. And I, I mean, yes, it would take a lot for this roster to really blow up. But, you know, crazier things have happened. And like we said, especially 2020, uh, I would not go into this trade expecting that to be the 101 rookie pick. Um, personally, I, I think, especially with Mixon being a free agent after this year in a pretty large 2021 free agent class of running backs, I, I would take the safe asset here in Barkley. What about you guys? You guys agree in Barkley? I'm probably going the okay. package myself. That's where I'm leaning. I'm thinking you get close to 80 to 90% of the production from Saquon uh, through Mixon. And then you're getting the one that's that's the thing, right? Kind of like uh, Mung mentioned, if you know it's the 101, that's a different ball game. If we know we're getting, you know, Lawrence or Etienne or uh, Chuba Hubbard, no matter where they're at, you know, whoever, whoever ends up in the best spot. Yeah. Then I want that 101 and mix in. If, if we're thinking it could be falling to 104, 105, then I think you got to stay with Saquon. Yeah, that's that's why when I do my dynasty trades, I factor every random first as like 108 to 110. Yeah, you know, I, I put it advice. right in that range because yeah. I don't want to say this is where it is, you know, and I don't want to let them know. I think it's higher than that. And, you know, let's if it is those top three. Now, it is a one quarterback. So I messed up by saying Lawrence. But I mean, obviously, you got Etienne, you got Chuba Hubbard, you have Jamar mm -hmm. Chase. You know, I mean, it is going to still be a top heavy group. And. Twitter kind of agreed with you there, uh, CJ. They're going 56% from Mixon, 44% Saquon. And a lot of times I really just go, I always say anything for Saquon. But in this particular, <laughs> you know, it's it's a tough situation, but I'm actually leaning towards the Mixon side as well. But you guys yeah. know, if you guys listen to my podcast, I'm a Joe Mixon truther. I speak him up all the time. If the contract was there, I think it's a slam dunk. You know, if he has a contract yeah. for several years here with the type of production he puts up, but not quite the same. So let's move on to the next one here. Um, we got Brandon Daly at Dat Moolah 91. He has a 12 team, 0.5 PPR, Tyler Boyd or David Montgomery in a 21 third. So, John, since we didn't have you talk in the last one, why don't you lead us off yeah. with this one? It's, it's funny. This one, I, you know, I actually had some Montgomery shares last year, but I traded them all within the first couple of weeks of the season. I just didn't have the right vibe. And, I ended up coming out way ahead on those, um, kind of trading that that rookie fever kind of thing early on. And so, look, I'm I'm actually in in uh, Team Boyd here, and I I would I would prefer to have Boyd on my roster. I, I know that 
Montgomery is going to be entering his second year, and, and I do anticipate him to get a little bit uh, more of the, the share of that offense. But I'm going Boyd. I mean, who doesn't love the trajectory of the Cincy offense right now? We just got through talking about Joe Mixon. And, uh, look, it sounds like A.G. Green is is looking good and staying healthy, but can we really depend on him, especially in this season? Uh, I, I think Boyd is, if not this year, certainly next year, the, the top wideout in, in an offense with Joe Burrow throwing him the ball. Yeah, T. Higgins is good, but he's going to need some time to come along. So – uh, I really like having Boyd as uh, you know an every week starter, and um, rather than kind of rolling the dice with Montgomery and frankly that that Chicago offense. Sorry, Bears fans, I don't know. Uh, it it could be could be a, a bit of a challenge this year for those guys. Yeah, that's a good point. Boyd's coming off back to back wide receiver seventeen seasons. Um, Joe Burrow loves taking the guys in the slot. I mean, look what he did with Jefferson. So who knows what Boyd does, but Montgomery on the flip side, you know, he has cut his body weight, his body fat in half yeah. and has really worked out with the, you know, I put that on Twitter the other day. He's working out with the footwork King trying to get a little bit better. But what about you guys? Are you guys following, you know, is Montgomery in a third enough to close the gap for you guys for Tyler Boyd? Um, I'd be going with Montgomery personally. Uh, if you had asked me probably a month ago, I would have gone Boyd but I've kind of been changing in philosophy a little bit where wide receiver is just so deep and finding a running back who's got the opportunity to be a bell cow like Montgomery is going to have is, is so rare. And yeah. I have them ranked so close. I've got to go with the running back. Opportunities are king and he's going to be, you know, I feel like he's one of the more underappreciated young running backs for the fact that, I mean, I'm not talking about his overall talent, but the workload, the workload is going to be there for sure. What about you, Monk? Yeah, I don't really uh, have a strong opinion this either way here. This one isn't sexy, right? So it's I like... know. Well, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, as you guys know, uh, a lot of times I'll say, you know, my kind of generic responses seems pretty fair. Just kind of depends on team need, and that, that's how I'm going here. Um, if you need a running back too, take Montgomery. If you need the wide receiver depth, take Boyd. It's as easy as that. Yeah, taking the easy way out there, but basically, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, but what we really want to say with that, guys, is when you guys tag us. Put if you're a contender, put if you're running back needy. I mean, when I'm posting my own trades, I put, you know, I'll put these are my running backs. These are my wide receivers. And this is the kind of move so we can give you the best analysis. I mean, let's be honest, when you're posting a Twitter poll, it's one of two things. You really want advice or you want to show how bad you just wrecked the other guy. You know what I mean? Like those are the only two reasons you're putting on there. So if you're trying to prove that you dominated the other guy, sure. But if you want to know, like, these are my running backs and you, and you hit it right there on the head. I mean, Either one of those guys, I think David Montgomery has a better chance of increasing in value than Tyler Boyd does. Tyler Boyd's just not that sexy name. And when it comes to those kind of players, they don't really increase in value that much because they don't have that market value. You know what I mean? That's why Robert Woods and Allen Robinson are so underrated because they don't play in big market areas and they're not fan favorites, you know? So that's kind of where Tyler Boyd fits in. Great analysis there. Let's move on to the next one. Um, this is... Nathan Moore at Gimme Moore underscore. Um, you know, he I know he's a fan of the Dynasty Refinery and and actually has been reaching out to me on Dynasty Dad as well. We're looking at a 12-team PPR, and this is a fun one. Uh, we got Terry McLaurin in the late first, or Cortland Sutton and Rojo. So what do you got on this one? Now, this one was Twitter kind of dominated this one. So that's why I'm really interested to see what you guys have to say. Yeah, I won't talk long on this one. <laughs> I'm going the Sutton side personally. Um, I've got just about nothing to back it up other than I, I just don't like McLaurin. I don't know what it is. I'm not a fan. 
All right. That one's easy. What about you guys? Yeah, I'll jump in. I, you know, um, I'll go head to head with CJ here. I actually would, would take McLaurin in the first, um, we already talked about firsts. I think they're going to be valuable next year and increase in value, um, uh, between now and next March, April. Uh, my, my thing was sudden, like, I think he's good. I didn't love him coming out, but with Judy joining the show, I, I think Judy personally is going to be the wide receiver one in that offense of the future. Um, and so, Look, I mean, Sutton's going to get his lock, has a cannon of an arm. He's going to get Sutton the ball. But how can you not love what F1 did this past season? So much fun to watch. Sutton's Sutton's numbers were great. But when Drew Locke came in, and and if you guys know me, I love Drew Locke. Not as much as Jared, you know, from the Dynasty Refinery. I think he actually is getting a tattoo of Drew Locke. But when when Locke took over, Sutton was not the go-to guy. I mean, Sutton's numbers kind of dipped a little bit. And – you know, that's why I think this this poll is super interesting because we, we're looking at McLaurin and Sutton and one of them seems yeah. to be trending up because we tell ourselves a certain narrative and the other one's trending down. Now, um, Mung, I know you're a big fan of Sutton. What do you think of this deal? Yeah, I am a big fan of Sutton. Um, you know, I actually wasn't last year uh, because during the season, I don't get to watch all the games. I don't get to watch um, all the film. But uh, going back in the off season. Uh, Locke wasn't great for Sutton, but at the same time, you know, he kind of jumped in midseason. He's a rookie. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold that against him. And some of the catches that Sutton made were just absolutely amazing. You know, the, the finger titch, the excuse me, the fingertip touches, um, catches in the end zone, and some of the ones that he had to reach out for are just amazing. But at the same time, I'm a big McLaurin fan. Um, in Dynasty, I have them ranked fairly similarly, uh, both around in that mid first range. So for me, this actually comes down to Ronald Jones versus the late first. And for me, the value is too good there not to take the first. Um, So I'm going to be on that McLaurin in the first side. Completely agree there just because of that first. I'm in my rankings right now. I have Sutton two spots ahead of McLaurin just because, I mean, they're very similar in age because McLaurin is a little bit older. Um, But the the really thing that popped out to me was Twitter had it at 66% on the McLaurin side and 34 for Sutton. So that – that really sticks out to me. I mean, Ronald Jones has the ability to be an RB2. I mean, you know, that first is a, a difference there. But, I mean, I did I did not think that Sutton and McLaurin were that far off, you know. Um, we had a comment there from Alvin Bailey, you know, close fan of the show here. He said, if it's close, he's going with the running back because of those touches, you know. And he was that was back to David Montgomery, and that's kind of where we went with that. So He's not wrong. He is not. And that, that was great. I mean, I like how we're – we're not completely agreeing on everything, you know, and that's what's in, that's what I really love about Dynasty. That's what I love about Dynasty trades. I'm in 15 leagues and I made 127 trades last year. Not like I throw that number out there. I love making nice. trades. I love that's that's what's passionate. My passion is 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 you know conversating and having just dialogue with people in my leagues, getting to know them and making trades. And you don't want to just send trade, you know, a lot of times those raw trade offers or those dry trade offers don't get it done. It's talking to your league mates and talking to people and see what happens, you know. So that's, you know, just a little bit of advice as we're going through here. The next one is from Matt Foley. He's at the not real Swami. (laughs) That's an interesting one. Now, this trade I thought was very interesting. We got Michael Thomas in a 12-team Superflex or this year's 104, 105. And then 2021 and 2022, he said 109. So it would have been the guy who placed, you know, would have had the 109 this year. So it's not a lock that they're going to be 109, but let's call it 104, 105, and a 21 late and a 22 late first. In you know, he didn't put a rebuild, but I'm assuming it has to be. 
I'll jump in here on this one. Smash accept. Yeah, I'm taking all those picks. He's using he's using Smash the terminology. Abs I mean, you're looking at 104, 105. I mean, assuming Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Taylor, and Burrow are gone. So you're looking at Tua Dobbins, you know. Yeah, I'm taking Tua or Dobbins there. Uh, I mean, look, I love Michael Thomas. I have him on some of my teams. Uh, led me to a championship in a league. Uh, I think that he even has a chance to repeat his wide receiver one. Maybe not, but I mean, four four firsts is what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, I, I rarely see it. A lot of times owners have a hard time getting past three firsts for any player. And so when you, when you look at this deal for me, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to be confident in my ability to nail those picks. Maybe I don't hit on all four. Okay. But if you come away with even three, uh, you know, exciting new rookies. I mean, think about all the value you'll have to work with, all those assets, and, and you're building for the future here in Dynasty. So that's my move. Smash, except yeah. And the thing there is, I mean, you're 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 getting two high firsts, you know, and that part's already yeah, exactly. in there. And factored in for there's sure. There's only there's only four players in Superflex that I'm even considering for this, you know. And and Thomas is usually that guy that falls in that five six range with with him and Kyler, and obviously Clyde Edwards Hilaire. But I'm not gonna uh, get on that. Did he mention Superflex? He did. Yeah, okay. twelve team Superflex. Gotcha. I believe so. Well, either way, we're gonna we're gonna go with it. As I'm still gonna go with the four first either yeah. way. To be yeah. Honest. What about you guys? Either of you guys taking Thomas? Nope. Nope. John, you're on the head nope. there. I mean, four nope. first, especially with the 104 and 105, is, is just too much to pass up. And then what I, I mean, like unless you're contending. Yeah, I mean, even then, that's just yeah. Uh, that is that is tough. I mean, I feel like if you're a contending team and you have the 104, the 105, you start moving them for pieces. You know, you can for the 104, 105. I mean, you should be able to for those two picks, not even including the 21 and 22. I mean, you should be able to get how I want to say Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I mean, like those are you, nice assets. Those in this class, I mean, you might have to add a little bit, but given this much, that's that's a big ask. And the interesting thing to me was Twitter had it at 58 for the picks, 42 for Thomas. So not really that far off. I mean, I expected to see those four firsts and see this more as like a 70-30. So that part was, you know, you know how everybody gets the uh, rookie fever here. Now, Mung, you have a trade on here. So I'm going to let you actually take over the host role here and tell us about your trade so we can kind of break it down. I'm going to sit on the panel side now and, and then let's break this down and have some fun. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm interested to hear what you guys think, um, but I actually have some new information for you guys after we go over this trade because I made a follow-up trade afterwards. But uh, we'll start with the initial deal. Um, this is in a league where I'm rebuilding, uh, or I should say I was rebuilding. Um, so basically it's a super flex PPR format, but uh, with a couple twists, it's also tight end premium. Uh, so an extra half PPR for tight ends. And then it's 0.25 points per carry. So running backs have added value here too. Um, going into this trade, my team was basically Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, uh, Allen Robinson, um, and a bunch of nobodies. Uh, so I ended up selling Mahomes for Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, Christian Kirk, A.J. Dillon, and then an early 2021 second and third. I'll let you guys jump in there. You One thing that you said, and I think you, you talked about, you made, took that trade and you turned it into some other ones. And I call that a cascading trade. You know, when you make a trade, it doesn't mean, and I know, you know, CJ, you do this all the time. I mean, always be trading, but you take those picks and you might not want every piece of that puzzle, right? Like you, you're giving up Mahomes, which is, is difficult to do. You might not want every piece of that puzzle, but if you know your league mates and you get 
player X and you know somebody else wants him, you can flip that for something else. And it doesn't have to be those four pieces for that one player. It changes up a little bit. And the other thing that you said was obviously just making sure everybody knows, is it tight end premium? Is it super flex? You know, those kind of things are very important when you guys send in trades. What do you two guys think of this trade? I know we talked about it a little bit in our group chat. Yeah, I, I love it. Love it, especially for a rebuild. Uh, for me, the big thing with the rebuild is, especially when you have three guys and a bunch of nothing, anytime you can get value, you have to take it. And at least the way I see that trade is you just sold Mahomes for something like four firsts and three or four seconds in value. And any anybody's worth that, especially in a rebuild. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think it was a good move. I'd also advise Monk to do that. We kind of help each other out with some of these trades. Uh, and and so, yeah, I, a great move. But my only concern is Mahomes looks like he might be right behind you there, Mike. Um, I was there actually, is. is that hey. a draft board? Hey, that's it's, a great it's actually segue. a fire draft board if you yeah, got Yeah, no, these, these draft boards are, are fantastic. You know, and I, it's draftkits.co. They make, this one behind me is a reusable vinyl which we, you can use every single year. You know, I mean, draft boards usually run you 30 bucks. This one here is fantastic. And you get to use it year after year and get those new stickers on there. And there's nothing better than that final piece of the puzzle. You know, that draft board that brings it all together. Um, if you guys enter the code dad on their, on their website, it's draftkits.co. You guys get 10% off. And if you guys go on to, unfortunately, Dynasty Dad is not on Apple to iTunes yet, which waiting forever because of covid but if you guys go on dynasty refinery and you guys leave a review you guys are entered to win a free one you know so we have draft boards here that we're going to be like sending out to you guys so yeah that's a great segue and patrick mahomes is looking oops, this side yeah looking yeah. fantastic back Careful. there right yeah thanks no and actually i was going to say hey it makes for a great background for your pod too I exactly need some help back yeah, i'm gonna get one <laughs> yeah no they're they do a great job i mean they they make you know, the best, they make custom ones. You can get any 32 NFL teams. You can get whatever player you want on there. And yeah, and you get what I, at the top, you get your league name. You can get it at the bottom. It says, if it ain't first or last, you know, so it's just fun little things. Part of the league. I'm taking I mean, I love Mahomes, but I'm taking the package here too. What did you do with the rest of the package though, to make this even better? Cause I know, I know you, you nailed it. Let's hear it. Yeah, so uh, I was planning on rebuilding, um, but uh, this next trade kind of just fell in my lap. Uh, you know, we were in the middle of our rookie draft, and this guy was like, hey, are you looking to make a run? And I said, not really, but what's your offer? Um, so I ended up flipping Mixon along with Russell Wilson and a late second for Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Devontae Adams, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Ian Thomas. And so that kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, where um, you know, it's not always realistic to contend, but, uh, you know, my mindset is to always go for the title. And uh, this was kind of just, uh, hey, why not? It's 2020. Anything could happen. So my team with these two trades, uh, my quarterbacks aren't great. I've got Ryan Tannehill and Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I'm looking at somebody else. Uh, my running backs are Zeke, David Montgomery. Uh, I actually drafted Adrian Peterson in the fourth round of our rookie draft. And then I've got some young guys, Keyshawn Vaughn, A.J. Dillon, Boston Scott. Again, nothing amazing, but, uh, you know, enough upside there, especially if Zeke uh, continues a strong performance in 2020. And then my wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Christian Kirk, McCole Hardman. I uh, feel pretty good about them. And then tight ends, uh, just a couple upside plays, but Blake Jarwin, Ian Thomas, I uh, just need one of those guys to kind of do okay every week. Well, and the nice part there with Zeke is, I mean, if you aren't in contention, you know, and you sound like you're kind of middle of the pack with your rebuild. But if you aren't in contention, you're going to get a haul for Zeke and you can start 
building, rebuilding more in that process, you know, and really hammer home those wide receivers and move Zeke if you have to. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, ne next question here. Uh, this is from another podcast that we, you know, interact with regularly is trust your board podcast, a 12 team PPR with a random 21 first and Philip Lindsay or newly drafted, you know, probably late first Jalen Rager. Super close on Twitter. This one was down to two votes. Mm. This one was super close. I want Rager only because it's a random first. If we knew it was maybe top half, I'd take the first or maybe even top eight. But with it being random, I think the chance of Rager being more than a random first is is very high come next year. Yeah. And and when I do, when I look at these kind of trades and I call them insulated trades, if I'm doing this deal, I want a first and an upside wide receiver I b believe can break out like Paris Campbell or something like that. I don't want a depth running back who's in a timeshare who's not going to because we don't know what's going to happen. But he's Philip Lindsay's not long for this league. You know, what I mean, it's not somebody who's necessarily going to be contributing long term. What about you two guys? I, I would also take Rager uh, in, in this one. I love his ceiling. And to, to me, if I look at that offense, you know, outside the tight ends, uh, I think he has a very legit shot of uh, being the wide receiver one in that offense. And um, they, they need some playmakers like that, right? And, and with Wentz being there, throwing him the ball, I think he's got a very bright future. And it, to me, it's more of a, a sure thing. You in agreement there? Yeah, this is a, a smash except for me. There we um, go. I think uh, I think I actually replied on Twitter, um, and I think my reply was something along the lines of, basically, this first round pick would need to be a guaranteed top three pick um, for me to even consider it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've got guys like Najee Harris and you know Etienne coming out. Those are guys I'd consider over Rager just because you know those running backs are so scarce. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super high on Rager. He can run any route. He's got great contested catchability. Um, I don't think his 40 time was that good at the combine, but when you watch the film, he's crazy fast. Yeah. Um, this is a guy who, who's talented, uh, and I think that if he had played in a better offense with a better quarterback, we would be talking about him at the, as a clear top rookie wide receiver in this class. I, I see Odell Beckham as a ceiling. Yeah. And I mean, we know what his college quarterback play was like. And I mean, right. obviously most of the time we were saying that picks are liquid, but wide receivers that get drafted in the first round are, they hold their value. You know what I mean? They're not going to fall off even if they have an injury in comparison to, you know, a guy like Philip Lindsay. So great analysis there. I'm going to try to read this next name, but it's unquestioned Pat's fan. He's at Mike OCO 26112224. That's the longest set of numbers I've ever seen in a Twitter handle. Uh, but he actually, there was no Twitter poll here, but he just wanted to know this one. He, he has DJ Moore or AJ Brown and Devonte Parker. Now in that situation, he wanted you guys to know that his other wide receivers are Robert Woods, Jarvis Landry, Hollywood Brown, Anthony Miller, and Alan Lazard. So he's got a couple wide receivers in there. You know, he's got Woods, who's a you know, solid wide receiver two. Landry falls into that wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Are you guys willing to move DJ Moore in order to get AJ Brown and Devonte Parker? And keep in mind, DJ Moore is my love job. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll jump in. I, I would, I would hold on to DJ Moore. Uh, for me, this doesn't have a lot to do with Devonte Parker. It's really how do you feel about DJ Moore versus AJ Brown? They've they've both done extremely well. Uh, you know, I I hesitate a little bit because we don't know exactly what the Carolina offense will look like going forward. But DJ Moore 
is is the man and his value right now as a as a fantasy asset is is certainly higher there's some aj brown fans out there but just generally speaking dj moore is a step above and i'd much rather have the the most valuable asset in this deal and i personally think you know i, I know mike you'll agree I, I think dj moore is going to be fantastic and future top five receiver in, in the league i'm not going to say he's there today um but but for sure has uh you know, a likelihood of getting there. Yeah. I actually have him in my dynasty rankings as wide receiver six right now. And I'm higher on him. Yeah, he's right there. You know, I have him up there and, and I feel like the landscape of the wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, if he has another season, like he just did, if he puts up 1200 yards and maybe yeah. can up that touchdowns from four to exactly. six, it's him and Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill, you know, and I feel like Hopkins and Adams are starting to get a little bit older, but what about you, CJ? Yeah, I'm in agreement. I'm keeping DJ Moore there. I've seen some people who have DJ Moore ahead of guys like Nuke even. And I mean, I, I, I can't do it yet. It's not there. Yeah, not that? quite there. And yeah. that's, that's what I was talking about all off season is what I'm doing. Again, insulated trades. Give me DJ Moore in a first for Nuke. Now it seems like it's more like DJ Moore in a second you can get for Nuke Hopkins if that's something mm-hmm. you believe in. But that's how you win in Dynasty is you get that insulated trade. You get that player that you believe in. And then you get that extra pick to try to add into there. So Right on. And I think this was pretty close. He did give DJ more, and I have no problem with that at all. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, trying to – He, I think he felt like in that situation – I got to add Mung back in here. Hey, welcome back. He's back Sorry. in the room. I had some okay, uh, connection issues. What was that, I mean? Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought he was really mad that I said DJ Moore. Right. Like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm he's out. an A.J. Brown guy. I, I, got, I saw you – I got my SFB9 shirt on, and A.J. Brown did get me into that, you know, top 24, but – I mean, the volume I don't think is going to be there quite the yeah. same, you know. So now I feel like you guys have all switched seats now. It's a little bit more difficult. So I was, I was starting to get used to it as a host. You just wanted to mess with me. So if one of you other guys wants to jump out and jump back in, really just totally mod- bottle my mind here. Um, so the next one is sent in by The Rock, uh, not Dwayne Johnson, but Dirt underscore Goose. Uh, he's got a 12-team Superflex contender. So glad that he put the word contender in here because it really changes his trade. Um, we're looking at Derrick Henry and Keenan Allen. Or Chris Godwin, which you, you guys know. I mean, if I love DJ Moore, my Chris Godwin love is just through the roof. And a mid-21 first. So he's saying that's in that 104 to 106 range. Yeah. This one's super close on Twitter. And this one, I, I, I know which side I took and responded to him. But what do you guys have? Yeah, this is, I mean, going back to what you were saying, this is why it's always good to have as much information as possible here. You know, he mentioned that you know, he is a contender. Um, so I think the value is slightly Godwin's side here. Um, I've got Godwin over Henry and then Allen equal to about a mid first. But I mean, if you're, if you're super strong at wide receiver and you need that stud running back to put you over the top, then I could see overpaying a little bit for Derrick Henry and Keenan Allen here. I think this is the type of deal that if you make this and you don't win the title, you're kicking yourself in the butt though. Because Chris Godwin's value is going nowhere. You know, that's going to stay up there as a top five dynasty wide receiver where Henry's a guy that's tough to trade. I mean, if you go in the trade market now and try to trade Derrick Henry, you're not going to get the value. And Keenan Allen, you know, because Tyrod Taylor's there, it's kind of fallen a little bit. So but I get what you say. I wish he would have said if he really was running back needy, you know, and that's kind of what I'm assuming in this trade. What do you guys have? Well, I I was going to jump in too. Uh, while I think we're a little bit hard on Keenan Allen, I think that people talk like he's 35. Um, you know, he, I said 27, he, 28's the new 32. Right. You know? No, he's I'm still 39. Some good years. To make me feel old. Yeah. He's a talented guy, but I actually I'm not I'm not very high on the 
Chargers offense this coming year. I think, you know, you probably hear this from other analysts too, but they could get pretty conservative, kind of running the ball, pounding the ball uh, to Rod Taylor, uh, right? Uh, I, I just don't think we're going to see the same kind of offense that we're used to with Keenan Allen, the same kind of targets. And uh, yeah, he's going to get open. He's going to get his, but I, I'm not as high on him here. And for me, I, as much as I'd love to have Derrick Henry on a, on a competitive team, I'm still going to go with Godwin and, and again, take that, that 21 first. I mean, Mike, I might be a bigger fan of Godwin than you. I, I, Ooh, I don't know. That's I, tough. I, that's I tough. To, you guys know yeah, about our, our Waffle House deal, Jared and I? I've heard about your Waffle yeah. House deal, yeah. I so. really – I mean, I'm going to be honest. I do not want to sit in the Waffle House and eat Yeah, no, no, I don't think you get will. Get out of there. You know, so yeah. maybe maybe I'll come out to one of your cities and eat the Waffle House there, and you guys can kind of – All right, yeah, I mean, mean – you know, I know Mong here is a big fan of Brady and Godwin. I, yeah. I, I I think they could light it up, and I, I think I you're going to still do very well with Godwin on a competitive team. CJ, break the tie here for us. No, I'm actually, I'm I'm going Godwin. Okay. So yeah, yeah well, for me, it comes down to the value and kind of how you mentioned before the depreciating assets of Derrick Henry and Keenan Allen. I just think if you're really wanting to move Godwin in that first, there's different packages you can go for. You can move that first for maybe a guy like Gurley, and I think yes. Gurley and Godwin could outscore Derrick Henry and Keenan Allen this year. And then you keep the young stud receiver. Right. And we don't know what kind of situation he's there. But, yeah, that's – I mean, I love Todd Gurley, especially they put out on that he's got a slight limp out there. I mean, Todd Gurley, if he plays, he's on a one-year deal. You know, I mean, I know you and I both have him in that two-copy league, I think. And, I mean, Todd Gurley is going to eat. They're not going to be worried about that knee situation because it's a one-year deal and they're going to try to win with Matt Ryan and Julio. So I'm excited to see what he can do, you know, working out there and – that's the type of move that I would be making, taking Chris Godwin, trying to trade for a first. Because right now, I mean, you're Melvin Gordon's, Todd Gurley's, Le'Veon Bell, even David Montgomery, all those guys you can be had for a late first. And if this one's projected mid, who knows what you could get for him. So great analysis on that one, guys. Got a couple more here. And these are a little bit more, you know, quick hitters because I promised we'd get there 45 minutes and maybe under an hour. Um but when you guys do trades, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of different mentalities, but we play to win the game, obviously. That one there, I think, is going to hurt you, though. If you if you take that deal and you don't win, you're going to kind of regret it. And I did that in the past where one of my worst dynasty trades, you know, I, I, I traded DeAndre Hopkins. You guys remember the year DeAndre struggled? You know, he had two really good years, and then he had that one down year. And I, I traded DeAndre Hopkins in a random first for Antonio Brown. That random first ended up being Joe Mixon. So that's kind of what kind of got me to start oh. to do podcasts is I'm like, I don't want people making that kind of trade. You know, I still wake, wake <laughs> up in the corner of the room in the fetal position, you know, just crying about it. But listen uh, to dad, guys. Listen to dad. That's right. <laughs> dad knows. All right. Uh, the next three we have are just simple player A or player B. Um, we're looking at this one's from at fantasy foot bub. He has DJ Chark or Calvin Ridley. Now it is Chark week. You know, so I've been posting that all week. You guys know what my mentality is here. Do you guys want Calvin Ridley or DJ Chark and why? Mm. So let's, let's do all three of you on this one. This one's tight. So if I'm rebuilding, I think I want Chark just because he's a bit younger. And then you've got the upside as well, I think is higher. Um, if I'm contending, I actually think I want Ridley because I think his value is higher right now. And then I would try to flip him for a, a more win now type of piece. That's what I would do. Yeah, Ridley's – I mean, I, I wrote an article at DHH about that. But I mean, 258 vacated targets. And sometimes, I mean, I feel like we're projected in pretty high to get most of those. How do you guys see the thing, the situation in Atlanta? Are you guys taking Ridley or are you taking Shark? 
I think uh, I just took a quick look at my dynasty rankings. I've got uh, Shark literally two spots ahead of Ridley. Um, so it's that close. But for me, I think, you know, they always say, oh, well, Julio's going to draw coverage, but he's also going to draw the targets. Um, for me, it's Shark. Uh, we've seen how terrible Jacksonville's defense is. Um, they and the Panthers are going to be just awful this year. There's going to be a ton of negative game scripts. Um, and I think Shark kind of measures in as a more dominant wide receiver one, whereas Ridley's more of the complementary piece. Um, take it to, you know, maybe like Sutton versus Jarvis Landry as a quick comp, something along those lines. And uh, I want the guy who can be a league winner, and I, I think that's going to be Shark. I think you and I are probably two of the only analysts out there that actually have Chark above Ridley because everybody seems to be on the Ridley train. John, are you on the Ridley yeah, train? I, I have to admit I am on the Ridley train, and I'm pretty high on Atlanta this year. I really I think that that offense is going to be fire. And uh, I, I do appreciate the points, though. I mean, this is really close. I have them really close in my rankings. I do agree. I mean, Julio's still the alpha there. But I think Ridley's absolutely going to light it up in Atlanta. And that that offense in general is just going to be putting up more yardage and, and points. I mean, the negative game scripts, to Monk's point, are going to come into play. And so, look, I could be wrong on this, but for me, I'd rather um, have Ridley in this one. Yeah, it, it's super close. Twitter had it 54% Calvin Ridley, 46% DJ Chark. The only reason I'm siding Chark is, I mean, he is the the guy there. I like to have the yeah. number one on the team. And I get it. Calvin Ridley is going to need – you know, an injury to Julio to be that true guy. And he's been propped up by touchdowns. I mean, if you take away the mm-hmm. sheer volume, the volume's going to go to Chark. I mean, I feel like Chark could be a wide receiver one this season because of how poor that offense or poor that defense is. The fact that Gardner Minshew is going to be playing for a job and who are you going to throw to? You know I mean? There isn't many other options there. And DJ Chark, six foot three, runs a four, three, eight, 40. I mean, he's got a great skill set who's truly underappreciated in dynasty. And the move looks like here. I mean, I feel like you could get, DJ Chark in a second for Calvin Ridley right now. Or the other way around. Yeah, no, that was – yeah, I feel like you could get a little bit on top of Chark if you're giving up Ridley. Oh, I'd smash except that. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to maybe flip over if there's something else packaged there. I, I think you can. Now, the next one is like – this was the closest Twitter poll there was out of all of them. It was 51 to 49. It was actually off by one vote because there was 100 even votes. It's Nikhil Harry or Brandon Ayuk. Now, it's not the the sexiest of, uh, you know – Arizona State over poll here. here. What's that? Arizona State poll. Yeah, exactly. Who do you like better? I'll start this one. I I, I still have a lot of love for Nikhil Harry. And, uh, you know, I think that we all know the script on this guy. Like, he, he struggles with separation. Uh, he was he was hurt his, his uh, rookie year. But I, I still see this guy as a potential alpha. Uh, the kinds of catches he can make, the ability to high point the ball, I think he can beat a lot of the DBs out there. And frankly, look, Cam Newton throwing him the ball now could have been the best thing for him. And, uh, I mean, you, you know Cam Newton's game, and I think that if he and Nikhil can get going and the need for playmakers in New England right now, uh, I, I really like Nikhil. Um, look, I mean, Ayuk had some nice draft capital. The guy's got skills. Uh, I, you know, I don't mind his landing spot, but I, I still – value the Nikhil Harry piece. I think there's a lot of people out there that um, still value him. If he comes and shows something the first couple of games, his value is going to skyrocket, in my opinion. I'd rather have that asset. Talk about the ultimate rebuild piece here. You can buy Nikhil Harry for a mid to late oh, yeah. second, second right now. Yeah, this time last one, year. He was the 102. 
you know, 102, right. 103, depending exactly. on what the format Can you? Is he going that late? What's wow. <laughs> How do you go buy some more shares? I, I have I've not seen, seen that. I have gotten him for a second. I'm not going to lie. You know, and I, I mean – I was, I've been on five podcasts. I've been super busy lately and every single one of them have asked about Nikhil Harry. And I feel like I'm the only one that's seeing that Cam Newton in 2018 threw the most high or short, you know, distance throws like the, the most high risk throws. And I mean, as far as tight windows, I should say most tight window throws in the NFL right. because he had guys like Devin Funches and he had guys like Kelvin Benjamin and guys that don't separate. And that's why Brady didn't want to throw Harry the ball last year. It's a tough system to bring in and you're not going to throw tight window throws if you don't trust the guy. What do you guys think, Ayuk or Harry? I'm going Harry as well, um, but I think I think right now Ayuk's probably more valuable. You might be able to get Harry in a uh, 2021 20, late second, early third, something like that for Ayuk right now. So that's the kind of deal I'd be looking for. Whole way around the room, we go in. We go in Harry. Um, yeah, I mean, right, I, I think uh, right. like this close to the season, I start to shift to more of a redraft mentality. Yeah. Um, and really, I, you know, like John said, I could see Cam Newton forcing those throws uh, like he did to Kelvin Benjamin, um, as long as they build that rapport. And I mean, he's only there for a year, but this time next year, I think Harry will recoup some of the value that he lost this past year. And then with Ayuk, I mean, we just saw George Kittle sign that five-year, $75 million deal. He's the number one guy in the San Francisco offense. Even if Debo Samuel misses a few games, uh, you know, Ayuk's just going to be a complimentary piece, and I, I don't see him having that same upside. How crazy is it that Kelsey and Kittle both sign long-term extensions yeah. at the same time? What does that do Collusion. for you guys? I mean, I know we're talking trades yeah. here, but what does that do for you guys long-term? Travis Kelsey signed now through the next six years, you know, and we've, yeah. we've talked about the age difference there. Me personally, I think Travis Kelsey has a more explosive skill set and a better offense. But obviously, there's that six-year difference. How far off do you guys have them? I mean, obviously, they're the one and the two. But how do you guys, you know, look at trades there? How do you guys look at those tight ends? Personally, I have a really hard time with Kelsey right now because we've never really seen a tight end who produces at a high level into his mid-30s. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think with Kelsey, you have a, a two, three-year window. So I think if you're contending, you go with Kelsey because I'm, I'm assuming you could probably get Kelsey in – uh, 2021 late first for Kittle somewhere around there. So I think if you're contending, you go Kelsey. Otherwise you probably go Kittle. How about you guys? I do, I personally do not own a single share of Kittle. And my mentality is I will trade to get Travis Kelsey. I will trade to get Zach Ertz. Kittle costs too much. When I'm doing startups right now, I'm taking the TJ Hawkinson at value, Irv Smith. I'm taking Noah Fant. I'm taking those kind of guys. Mike Gusecki who have huge upside that you get 10 rounds later, 12 rounds later, because those guys develop a little bit later. What do you two guys think about, you know, Kelsey yeah, I, Kittle? I know I'm putting I, you on the spot. No, I love this. In fact, I've been jumping in on some Twitter debates on this. Um, I'm team Kelsey. I, I absolutely love both players though. These are truly some of my absolute favorite NFL players. So you much fun to watch. You, you can't lose. I took Kittle as my first pick in Scott Fishbowl. Okay. Uh, my first nice. round pick. I was later in, in the first round, but, um, Kelsey, I just so much fun to watch. And for me, he, he's he's on the better offense. I, I actually agree with CJ's point. We don't know how much longer he has, but this guy is a freak and paired up with Mahomes now. Sky's the limit. I, I, I view him actually as the really the go-to in that offense with, with all respect to uh, Cheetah. For me, it, it's still about Kelsey, especially getting down into the red zone. I think he's going to have some positive regression on touchdowns. 
Kittle, look, he's going to have some incredible games. He's going to win you some weeks. They're going to need him to block, though, in uh, certain weeks as well. And the Niners have a lot of mouths to feed, too. He is the top, uh, you know, target in that offense. But, you know, look, Shanahan does like to move the ball around. I like it. What about you? We'll finish it out here, Monk. Uh, I'll you're, try you're to keep this guy, as short as possible. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm all about getting the elite tight ends in Dynasty. Um, that's that positional scarcity. Um, I've got a couple leagues where I have both Kittle and Kelsey kind of locking up that position. Uh, it's a huge advantage uh, for other guys to be starting guys like Gasicki, who will have some big weeks, but then they'll kill you in other weeks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I unintentionally prepared for this question because right before we started recording, uh, I retweeted uh, Zach Smith, um, and who said, I'd rather have George Kittle in Dynasty, even though Travis Kelsey is a better tight end. And I think that's 100% the truth because, you know, the extra four years you're getting with Kittle, um, even if Kelsey continues to produce those top five numbers, even into his mid-30s, his Dynasty trade value is going to decline regardless as the perception shifts. Right. Um, and then also, I, I keep seeing the argument that, you know, Mahomes is better than Garoppolo. Um, the KC that's offense not an argument. is that's better. A, that's um, right. I mean, yeah. we've seen guys like Beckham produce with Eli. We've seen Hopkins produce with Osweiler. That I don't think that comes into play at all. Give me the the 26 year old over the 30 year olds. Yeah, I think what my mentality on it all is, I I feel like I have a super high hit rate when it comes to tight ends. I mean, last year I was telling everybody get Austin Hooper and get Mark Andrews, and I talk about those insulated trades all the time. But I traded Evan Ingram for Mark Andrews in the 2020 first before he blew up. You know, and it's like those are the kind of moves that I like to make and try to really, you know, get that extra value because, you know, who's sometimes the writing's on the wall, like guys like Darren Waller. You saw that happening. Guys like Hayden Hurst this year just seem to be great values that you can kind of pick up later in drafts. But I get that positional advantage and it's just not how I've played my team, my games. And, um, you know, it's great having different people on different talking, different styles. And all four of us have similar type mentalities, but we all have different ways we go about it. So. No, one hey, yeah, Mike, one just a quick rebuttal here. Um, yeah. There's also times when you trade Ingram for like a first and then Clive Walford or, you know, <laughs> someone like that, right? Vance McDonald. Well, I'm not, I'm not advocating when I say it, make sure you tag one of us in the trade so we can help <laughs> you with it, you know, and that way we can avoid you we'll guys. talk you out of those. Yeah. We don't want you to take, you know, the next Trey Burton. You know, we don't, we don't want that kind of deal. Last one. And we'll get you guys out of here. And uh, this is from at SNB14207. So many numbers. Uh, we're looking at Cortland Sutton in a third or DK Metcalf. And this one is super close. We'll let uh, Mung and I will go last here because I feel like we're going to battle this one out a little bit. But what about you guys? You taking DK or are you taking Sutton? <laughs> right? It almost comes down to like, is, does that third mean anything for you when you're talking player for player? Not for me, and at least not in this one. No. Oh man, gun to my head. I probably go Sutton. All right, we're doing the gun to the head quick here. What do you got, John? DK. I'm I'm going DK. I'm going DK, but I'm gonna let. I know uh, our boy over here is definitely going Sutton, right? Yeah, you know it. Um, <laughs> it goes back to just you know the offensive philosophy difference between Denver and uh, Seattle, and just. I think we saw a lot of really, really good plays from DK Metcalf, but he's still a limited guy, and I, I just see the ceiling is so much higher with Sutton. So what, the way I was looking at it is, I mean, we're looking rookie year where DK Metcalf took over, you know, and, and I mean, I'm an Eagles fan. I got the jersey back here. He torched us. You know, it goes 900 yards, nine touchdowns. I mean, 
I feel like the sky's the limit for both of these guys. It's a preference. I personally, I'm DK Metcalf all the time. I, I love, love, love DK Metcalf this year. My man. All right. I want to make sure you follow all of these guys. So we'll go around the room. Tell them again your name, uh, where they can handle where they can find your handle on Twitter and anything else you guys might be working on. Alvin Bailey, by the way, totally agrees. He wants DK. The upside of Russell Wilson versus, you know, Drew Locke. He's been hitting us up. Alvin, you're a great fan. We love it. I appreciate it. All right, guys, why don't you go around the room? Just say, you know, where they where people can find you and anything you guys are working on or anything, you know, in life that you guys are just kind of want to speak out on. I'll get it going. Yeah. Hey, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. John, you can find me at dynasty underscore trades. And for me, just here to help, just here to get involved with the community. We need more cowbell, more trades, bring them. And we're here to help you guys. So bring them on in. I feel like we need to get some shirts made. You know, I got some, uh, some dynasty dad ideas. I'm feeling that. We get one of more trades with a little cowbell on it. That's hot. I'd wear that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, CJ here uh, at Ivid for you. Um, don't really have a whole lot going on, but I mean, send me those trade offers. Always here, always willing to help. Love it. Yeah. And I'm uh, at FFA underscore Mung, but it's M-E-N-G. So the spelling is misleading. Remember that. Uh, you can find all my work on Fantrax. Um, I'm going to be starting up my redraft podcast uh, this coming Monday. Uh, you can find this on iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff with uh, at, um, or not at, but uh, Fantasy Football Addicts. So feel free to follow us. And, uh, you know, we're always happy to reply. I know I try to hit up most of the trades that I get tagged in. I'm sure I miss a few here and there. But, uh, yeah, good talking to you guys. Yeah, these are three of the most active guys when it comes to Twitter trades. All three of them criminally underfollowed. So make sure you guys follow them. Um, you know, they're they're great for trade advice. They're quick to answer questions. And, you know, some of the guys that I respect most when I'm talking about Dynasty trades. So thanks again for tuning in. You know, episode three of the Dynasty Dad podcast. Installment one of Smash Accept. Hopefully installment one of many. You know, it was a great time you know, chiming in there with you guys. And as always, just remember to enjoy the process. I think it's an end broadcast.